Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And in the first week, we looked at the expression of boundaries through holiness, really trying to uh, make that word come alive again. Sad that sometimes it's been, uh, it's been put down, it's been marginalized. And I was in the context yesterday with some leaders where it came through again that God has called us to a holy life. So I hope that uh, that helped you. Tim then speak, spoke about uh, actually some of the freedoms that we can enjoy. And then last week, uh, Christian spoke about uh, those principles of letting go um, that we might be truly free. And today I'm going to conclude by uh, looking at the thought of maintaining boundaries, maintaining boundaries. But before we go there, I just want to read a few verses and uh, I just felt this on my heart. And if you like, it's the message before the message. Don't worry, uh, they're on the clock. So I'm going to seek to be respectful of that as well. But we're gonna, I'm going to read some verses to you. They're going to come on the screen from Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 22. And in this uh, book, um, God is talking about uh, two types of people that now come together in Jesus Christ. And I really felt just for a moment or two, God wanted to remind us of where there are no boundaries. So let me read it and then we'll seek to make a response. This is Ephesians chapter 2, about halfway through the chapter. For he, Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made the two groups one. That's the two groups we've been talking about. No ethnicity anymore. And had destroyed the barrier or the boundary, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, still his purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He goes on to say, he came, Jesus, and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those that were near. Through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, we're no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And it concludes by... Is that it? Uh, oh, here we go. And in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I'm not going to open up any explanation or exposition of those verses. Just let them wash over you. But God was speaking about two becoming one. And the two become one by his spirit in which he indwells by, uh, by his, uh, uh, the two become one and he indwells by his spirit. I wonder if we can put that next slide up then, Chad, because here we've been talking about boundaries. We're going to talk about boundaries again in a minute, but here's no boundaries. In the church of Jesus Christ, there's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. Let me just run through them because of nation. We have different nations represented here this morning. It doesn't create a boundary. And uh, the very language of uh, Ephesians 2 was 
Jew and Gentiles representing nations becoming one. There's no boundary by colour. No boundary by colour. There really, really isn't. There's no boundary by language. Now, we have to work at that sometimes. And uh, just before Christmas, we lost one of our dear Polish men uh, uh, in illness, sadly, into eternity. And I always remember when he first arrived. And to say that his English was a smattering, well, that was, uh, that was saying something. And I was smiling with his son, saying, actually, his English never got that much better. He used to drive 44 ton wagons around the country, you know. And, um, uh, but the reality was, spirit to spirit, there was no boundary. We were brothers in Christ, and we made it work. There's no boundary of county. Now then, Ilkeston, it's in Derbyshire. You just go down the road there, and you cross the county boundary into Nottinghamshire. But there's no boundary. We've got Derbyshire people in the room this morning, and we've got Notts people in the room this morning. And uh, sometimes it spills out in terms of uh, black and white and red and white, etc., etc. I love it because it never creates a boundary. Never. I was talking to somebody recently who's began to work in Long Eaton. He says, Paul, you have to be a bit careful there, what you say about Forest and Derby, don't you? It's just like Ilkeston, straight down the middle. You know, is Langley Mill in Derbyshire or Nottinghamshire? Well, it's got a, is Orsworth in Nottinghamshire, you know, with all these postcodes. But there's no boundary. And a church like Ilkeston absolutely reflects it. There's no boundary of social standing. You might have thought, you know, I've messed up in life. Oh, my journey has been terrible. And somebody else has had sort of like almost, a, you know, sort of just everything sort of seemed to drop into place. We've got people here with university degrees, very educated, very skilled in their professions. And we've got other people less so. There's no boundary. I've always believed that the dustman can sit next to the doctor in the church of Jesus Christ. That's what it's meant to be. That the person that's come from a checkered past can sit with somebody that's actually been an enforcer of the law. And there's no boundary. There's no boundary of age. Now we understand that kids and young people live in their own worlds and actually got their own language. And boy, it takes some navigating at times. We had our little ones for a week last week. I, I, honestly, I completely forget the, the unremitting energy of kids. We crawled into bed every night, I tell you. An appetite, my words. She was slaved over eating them and then Caleb said, I'm hungry, Granny, I'm hungry. Mate, you've just devoured a plate of whatever, you know. But I tell you what, there's no boundaries between us, even though we're hanging onto the coattails at times and trying to keep up. There's no boundaries by politics. We are apolitical in this church. When we come to a general election, somebody says, Phil, what we should be, we vote for? Make your own mind up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have, let me be bold, we have socialists that sit in our congregation. We have conservatives. We have liberal Democrats. We have the Green Party. They're all here, you know. Please don't start shouting out or else I'll never get to the preach, all right? But, but they're all here. There's no boundaries. And whoever emerges to lead our country, we pray for. No, in him, we're being built together. There's differences. 
of course, but not boundaries. And I just wanted to remind us of that this morning. And more than that, I want us to pray. I wonder if you'll stand with me for a moment before we just launch into the rest of the message. I wonder if you just stand with me. I want to pray. You see, because when boundaries come to the body of Christ that are not intended, that creates division and disunity. I'm not suggesting there's any of that in the church, but that's where the enemy wants to go. He wants to create boundaries that God doesn't want, fake ones in the body that keep us separate. So I'm going to pray. And if you're in a family this morning, I wonder if you just symbolically you'd hold hands with the person in your family, a family, a man or wife, yeah, girlfriend and boyfriend, you can do it for a few seconds, all right? And, but families, I just want you to hold hands as a solidarity of the prayer as I pray in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you've made us one in Jesus Christ. And as we've been talking about boundaries, Lord, we realize that in some contexts there aren't any. And we thank you that list could go from 7 to 17 to 27. There's no boundaries, Lord. And ever keep us free. Ever keep us in our differences united. Ever keep us together. Ever keep this community of believers in Arena Ilkeston to be a habitation of God where you come by your spirit as we gather together and do some amazing things. And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. You'd be seated. Thank you. Now, maintaining boundaries. Let's just put up a little definition of maintenance. The process of preserving a condition. I came across this little phrase. Starting is easy. Sticking is hard. And if you're going to stick, having started, you're going to have to understand the process of maintenance. Maintaining boundaries. In Colossians 2.6, not on the screen it says as you have received Jesus Christ continue in him as you've received continue in him so from the status of being saved to the process of being saved from being holy at conversion to being holy which is a lifetime from receiving Jesus to becoming like Jesus That takes maintenance. Starting is easy. Actually, it's not always easy, but you get the point. But sticking is hard. Jesus and the sorrow of the siege. But when the thorns came, when the path was, you know, some people didn't produce good fruits. Now then, why is sometimes does it seem that maintenance of boundaries doesn't work? Well, let me be honest, sometimes it can appear boring. It can appear boring. And bear in mind that the Bible talks about the pleasures of sin for a season. And there are people here that thought, whoa, that were good. And then all of a sudden, the pleasures of sin have taken them to an addictive lifestyle that has run out of control with no boundaries and sought to wreck them. I, this week, had to get the MOT on my car and it was due for a service. I can't say on Wednesday morning, I leapt out of bed thinking, yeah, the car's being serviced, hallelujah. <laughs> it was boring. Dropping it off, catching the bus into work, going back, yeah, I'm paying the bill. Yeah. But I do acquire a bit of mileage. When I used to be on the, uh, on the road with the 
central area for summers of God. I was doing about 30,000 a year. And I've looked at the clock this year. It's less than that, but it's still above average. Uh, my daughter's just moved to Cardiff, Cardiff last week. That's another 71 miles on top of what we used to do. That's one way, 140 there and back. So I'm thinking, I'm going down the motorway at 69 mile an hour, just down that third lane, taking a that guy that's just in the, in, in the way, you know, and I'm just getting out of way. And I'm thinking, that's why I need maintenance. Now, I might still break down on the motorway, but maintenance is trying to push that possibility backwards. It were boring. And there are things at times in our lives that are the gaps that we must negotiate that appear boring that the glory might come. And sometimes it doesn't always feel every day that we're in the glory. But if you'll navigate the gaps, the glory most assuredly will come. Sometimes it's challenging. Because you now realize that you've made a decision, not only a decision, but a commitment to be a disciple. And it's something we're talking about a lot. And interestingly, out of the pandemic, one of the great emphases of the Holy Spirit to the church in the world is discipleship. Because we realize that if you're trying to get people to follow God simply by church attendance, it's not going to work. But when you get people to follow God because they've fallen in love with Jesus Christ and my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, they'll follow him through pandemics and whatever comes because they've decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. And then also, sometimes it can appear discouraging because you want to go faster than God's letting you go. And you're wanting to get to yesterday without even navigating uh, sorry, you want to get to tomorrow without navigating yesterday. Here's what somebody says. The promises over your life in you, sorry, the promises of God over you will never bypass the processes in you. I'll say it again. The promises in your life over you will never bypass the processes of God in you. So you may feel that you've got a promise to be an evangelist to the world. And it may be that that's true. Get ready for the processes so God can trust you with it. Because he's not going to trust people to it that can't be trusted with the ministry that God wants to do. This is the journey of continuing to go forward with the Lord. So I don't want you to... Push back on maintenance because sometimes it may appear a little boring. God is doing a work. Sometimes it gets incredibly challenging. God goes deep. And sometimes it can appear discouraging because you don't think you're making progress fast enough. God is at work. And all I'm going to say is I encourage every person here, whatever your background, however long you've been a Christian, whether it's a few weeks, a few months, or many years, to keep going forward. Because here's a verse that happens when we go back. I'm not sure it's, no, sorry, if we're just, sorry, it's not on the screen. 2 Peter 2.20, I read this the other week, it went like a bolt into my heart. He says, if they have escaped the corruption of this world by knowing Jesus Christ, and so set some boundaries, and again are entangled and overcome, they are worse off 
than at the beginning. In other words, backsliding can be lethal. And it removes the spiritual boundary stones that God has sought to establish in your life. So keep moving forwards. Thank you, Chad. I'll have that verse up. Acts 20, 22 to 28 is where I'm going to pick up a few thoughts as we come to the second part of the message. I don't have time to read it, but here we read of a meeting between the Apostle Paul, one of the great church leaders of the New Testament, and the leaders, the elders of the church at Ephesus. And they were meeting as Paul made his way back to Jerusalem on neutral territory in Miletus. And they began to share together. And Paul, near the end of his life, and so with a proven ministry, began to speak to these people about the maintenance of some boundaries. The maintenance of some boundaries. And the verse I want to build around is that. Now, in some of your Bible translations, it will say, I am compelled And it's a very similar meaning to the word, but I'm particularly using the word bound as a paradox, as a contradiction. Because here's the truth. The more bound you get to Jesus, the more free you live. It's true. There's no pushback on whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But you'll read about Paul saying, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. The word is doulos. It means I'm a slave. I'm bound To Jesus Christ. The more bound you become to Jesus, the more free you'll live. The enemy wants you to be bound up to all sorts of nonsense in your life that truly limits you, restricts you, and inhibits you. But the Apostle Paul, coming to the the end of his life, says, I am bound. Now, it reminded me of a leaders' meeting I was in several years ago where a Greek pastor was preaching. So when a Greek pastor says the Greek says, well, they've got a bit of, you know, because they're Greek. I mean, a proper Greek. I mean, from Greece. That's what I'm talking about, you know. So he had a bit of, and he began to explain a little bit of the backdrop in Greek thought about bound. And he began to talk about Greek mythology. Anybody read Greek mythology for the bedtime reading? No, I thought not. Oh, we got one over there. Okay, so... But again, he was a Greek, so he would understand the mythology out of his culture. And he began to speak of Ulysses. He began to tell the story of Ulysses riding the oceans with his crew. And they were were going past an island where the sirens lived. Now, the sirens in Greek mythology were sort of like like a, a strange sort of female-ish type creature and they would, woo! And you've heard about, be careful of the siren voices. This is where it came from. And what they wanted to do was seductively draw in the sailors, for obvious reasons, as they went past and shipwreck the boats. So Ulysses says, I'm bound. He says, I want to go past this. I want to pass the test. And so he would ask the sailors to literally put ropes around him and bind him to the mast of the ship. So however much the siren voices called out, he weren't going anywhere. Because though he was bound, he was actually free from where they were trying to take him. 
And it's the same with Jesus. If you'll bind yourself to the master of Jesus Christ, when the siren voices come to seek to make your life a shipwreck, you will pass the test. Because the more bound I am, the more free I am. So, three things with regard to maintaining healthy boundaries. First of all, bound to God's person. In verse 22, he says, I am compelled by the Spirit. Or again, as one translation says, I am bound by the Holy Spirit. When we become believers, the Holy Spirit indwells our lives. And in this church, we believe in being Spirit-baptized, Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, and Spirit-gifted. We've just done it in the ministry school. And God has come close. We believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. That which just gnaws away at our lives at times. Sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes it's just a little nudge and push and prod. But the Spirit of God at work in us. And Paul knew that God had called him to Jerusalem. I feel bound, compelled. And he goes on to say in verse 21, even though prison and hardship is before me. You see, the apostle Paul had not set up for retirement by the Mediterranean Sea playing golf every day. Sorry, Kev. And we know it was the Scots' fault. I like watching golf, actually. I never played it. As Oscar Wilde said, it's a long walk spoiled. But anyway, um, but um, you get the point. You get the point. I've had people say all sorts of things to me recently about your part-time this and your semi-that and do da 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 You know, just for the record, guys, I'm plowing on. It looks a little bit different. I'm very, very thrilled in terms of the emergence of leading the campus but I'm bound to Jesus Christ and to his future. And Paul said, I'm going, whatever. To make it worse, in chapter 21, the prophet Agabus came along. And again, in ministry school, we tried to distinguish between the gift of prophecy to build up, to stir up, to cheer up, and the office of the prophets. They're very distinct. One has a gift, one is a gift. Agabus was a prophet. And of course, prophets prophesy amongst other things. And he got hold of Paul's belt and he tied his hands and feet up and says, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be bound physically. Paul said, I'm going. I'm going. Because I'm bound internally. God has spoken to my life. He was bound to the person of the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.25 says, whilst we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'd love, you to, I'd love to say that the Holy Spirit leading you means it's all nice and cozy. There's never going to be a problem. There's never going to be a challenge. It don't work like that. We have people all around the world today, friends, where still prison and hardship stands before them literally because they are bound to the person of the Spirit of God. You see, sometimes we try and avoid the hearts 
But if we'll walk through the hard, it's walking right into the center of what God wants us to do so that his kingdom comes, so that we make a difference, and so that breakthrough comes to people's lives. It's not the easy way that we're looking for, it's the right way. And the Spirit of God will take us the right way. He was not only bound to God's person, but he was also bound to God's purpose. Verse 24, one of the favorite verses of the Bible for me, because Paul says, all this is before me, however, whoa, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What was the task? He tells us, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. He was bound to the purpose of God over his life. He's now an older man. He's now coming to the end of his ministry. He's now, he could be easily saying it's, it's time for other people to pick it up. Hardships and prisons are waiting before him. He knew he was going to be bound if he went to Jerusalem. However, I'm bound to God's purpose. What's the purpose of God that sits over your life in these days? What's the intentionality of your life? What's the reason that you get up? What needs to be birthed in fresh determination? What's the objective of God wanting to do in you? And the Apostle Paul says, what he wants to do in me is to finish the course and continue to talk about the grace of God that changes people's lives forever. So he understood the call. He was unflagging in the race. And he continued to be undertaking of the task. On at least four occasions in the Bible, the Bible references the Christian journey to a long distance race. Anna, I hope you don't mind for a moment, but I'm looking at you. But last autumn, Anna ran the Liverpool Marathon, 26.2 miles. She didn't get up Saturday morning and said to Kev, you know what, we're going to Liverpool tonight and I'm going to run a marathon. It's going to be okay. But she put in a very, very significant, purposeful training program so that when she flagged, and no doubt she did, and by the way, even the elite runners flag, they just learned to train through it. She came to a place of breasting the tape. Many congratulations, Anna. Well done. No mean feat. Unflagging in the race. He says, sometimes I feel like giving up. Let me let you into a secret. We all have. Yeah. Yeah. We, two years ago, it was about this week, we were banned from coming to church. Banned from coming to church. Pastors all over the country. What Zoom? <laughs> What's this Facebook Live? You know, and there were messages crisscrossing to try and keep people connected. You know, some of this pandemic has taken people to the dark night of the soul. They felt isolated. They felt lonely. They felt there wasn't a day going forward. But we're still here. We're still emerging. The best is still in front of us because we have been combined to God's purpose unflagging in the race and you may say well that seems a bit contradictory the kingdom is let me just prove it when you lose your life you find it when you give away you receive when you want to be fruit first then be last when you lose you gain when you're weak you're strong when you die you multiply you see the kingdom is not just 
nuance different to the world. It's diametrically opposite. And when we give ourselves to the purpose, God does an amazing, amazing thing. And then thirdly, as I close, bound to not only God's person, the spirit, bound not only to God's purpose, but bound to God's people. Bound to God's people. He was meeting with real people who he would never see again on this earth. He confessed that he was innocent of their blood because he'd been faithful in the message. And then he said to them, keep watch over yourselves. Set boundaries as the leaders of the church because there's going to come some wolves that are going to try and you know, do their worst. Set boundaries. Be on your guard. And then he says that they, at, the end of chapter, uh, at the end of chapter 20, that they knelt, they prayed, they wept, and they embraced. Because verse, as the verse says, they knew that they would never see themselves face to face again. Who's not wept this week as dads have waved their kids and wives off from Kiev airport, uh, Kiev railway station? Bye, 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 bye. Might never see you again because I'm going to fight. I'm going to go and fight this evil that's taking place. Bye, bye. Wow. What if it were my kids, my grandkids? Bye. Little wonder tears flowed, embraces came. They would never see each other again. This mighty apostolic father that had sown into this church on this earth, the church were never going to see him again. And he concluded by connecting with people. I believe that as we emerge out of the global pandemic, friends, that church is being called to make a renewed commitment to belong and a renewed commitment to be bound to each other because it's an expression of being bound to God and a renewed commitment to turn up in person at the house of God because we are a body to be connected and we've had, I, I get Zoom, I've tried to do my best and all of that, but it doesn't bring the same sense of connection as what is taking place in this room right now. The people of God bound together as the people of God. We're a body and we're meant to connect. So as I close, make no mistake, in the last two years in the spiritual realm, that's far more real than any of us understand. In the spiritual realm, there have been many siren voices. They've been demonic and dark in nature, speaking out their lies and their accusation and seeking to shipwreck the people of God and the church of Jesus Christ. An enemy, you're not going to win because there are people emerging in this new day of new freedoms in terms of the national life of the United Kingdom that are actually coming into the new freedoms confessing that they are bound. They're bound to the person of the Spirit of God and are going to listen to what He's got to say to them. They're bound to His purpose over their lives. And even though there may be a prophetic word saying, actually, if you keep pressing into that, it's not necessarily going to be easy. I'm going. 
into what God has purposed me to do. And they're bound to the people of God. I'm speaking to the converted this morning. But prophetically, I call people that have got disconnected from the body of Christ in this church in the last two years to come back home and get connected again with the people of God. What voice are you listening to this morning? Boy, there's been some siren voices that have washed over my life. Whew. But I'm bound. I'm bound. I'm bound. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 13 in the message, he says, open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. That's how God wants us to live. And as we conclude this message this morning, friends, as we open up our lives and live openly and expansively, it works not without boundaries, but with them. That's how it works. Not without boundaries, but with them. I hope you've caught the spirit of this message, not meant to be limiting, not meant to be restricting. It's made to free the body of Christ in arena church into the wide open spaces of all that God has got for us. And when you truly get bound, you truly get free. <laughs>